I'm Chanae Ogwumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. Hello, and welcome to The Rebuild. My name is Peter Moses in Los Angeles, and joining me on the other line from Chicago, Illinois, Dr. Gates. Hey, uh, Pete. What's up? It's like Zerm and Mina Kimes on here. Just, yes. Yeah. Except we're both Zerm, or are we both Mina Kimes? I feel like we're both one, we're both one of them. We're both one of them. Well, I don't know if we're either of them, but we are... You and we are me. So um, welcome. Victory Monday, folks. Classic Victory Monday for us and uh, classic uh, OBJ maybe never playing for the Cleveland Browns again. Which I have a theory on, which other people have also um, put this theory forth. But I think I think we might be better without him. All right. So like a Ewing theory. All right. Well, the Browns beat the Bengals 37-34 in... Baker Mayfield's best game ever. Um, yes, correct. And leave it to, leave it to all of the punditry and the Cleveland media, and even Gates and I texting in the yes. first quarter, like, how are we going to trade for Sam Darnold, basically? Um, and then he ripped off uh, the most consecutive uh, completions in Browns history, and looked incredible. And yes. I guess the things that we'll be talking about are, does this, uh, is this because OBJ wasn't there? Was it not? But I think that's a little bit of a moot point. We can get into it now. You know, something that I think is vastly overrated or underrated about him is just the attention that he draws. And I am, you know, I think there's going to be a lot that we're going to miss about him. I think it's easy to just say Baker's better without him. And he might be. He might be better without him, but he draws attention. He draws uh, a safety over the top that helps the run game. I think the run game's going to suffer. He was blocking like a fucking champ. And, like, he was running his routes and, like, making he was making incredible catches because Baker was kind of playing like dog doo-doo. So I, I think it's an easy narrative, and I think it fits into, like, the, um, you know, Cleveland.com, Athletic, yeah. Uh, local radio narrative to say like Odell was this like braggadocious receiver who's like a prima donna and so he caused Baker to suck. There feels like there's some kind of still like weird racial undertones to it somehow. Well, I have never like I've never I'm not, gotten I'm not the saying... whole no, no 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 I know that. <laughs> I um I've never understood <laughs> your racist case. Um I've never <laughs> I've never really agreed with uh, the the prima donna narrative on Odell always seemed just like pretty contrived to me because he's been pretty much nothing but a good teammate. He says the right things. Like, I guess a few years ago, he was headbutting a, a kicking net and people thought that was ridiculous. And like, I see, you know, he did some things in New York that were questionable, but I don't think they were like anything yes, ups- to match. He was upset for losing. That's what he was yeah. getting ragged yeah, for. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and um, that 
could be interpreted different ways for different players, I think. And for him, he got a certain interpretation. I just wonder, um, is Baker just like a little, is he like psyched out by him? Is it, is it like Baker's hanging with this cool guy who was a celebrity while Baker was still in college and he, he so badly wants to create this connection that everyone's talking about that he's just like, he's thinking a little bit too much about it. Whereas when Odell goes out, suddenly he's, spreading the ball around more and he's kind of just seems more comfortable. I don't know. There's a million different things that could have contributed to it. Um, one of them being that it was the Bengals and the Bengals really aren't good at all on defense. So who's to say <laughs> chances are we're going to find out anyway, because it seems like Odell's um, injury is pretty bad. We're recording this on Monday morning, so we haven't gotten the full report, but all the tweets. Not true. Josiah oh. Anderson reported torn ACL out for the year. Breaking news here on the rebuild, folks. We have it from our sources that Odell Beckham Jr. has torn his ACL. Oh, fuck. Okay. I was kind of hoping this was more of a he comes back in like week 12 sort of thing and we can work him back in, but we don't need to rely on him. Now we're um, particularly if Jarvis ever actually lets an injury um, keep him from playing, then we're really thin. But okay. Huh. Yep. That's now it. I feel bad. Fuck. Uh, no, no reason to feel bad. I think it's, you know, listen, I think that, you know, if, if you love someone, maybe you have to let them go. And maybe it's yeah. time for Baker to find his groove with his favorite receiver, Richard Higgins, who uh, Stefanski, uh, Freddie Kitchens, no one wanted to let Richard Higgins cook. Yeah. And all I he know. does is... All he does is like catch incredible passes and has incredible chemistry with Baker. That second to last um, down the right sideline, the second to last pass of the game uh, for Baker was just, it was like, that's a number one receiver sort of play. And we know that he doesn't have any of the physical attributes of a number one receiver. And like, there's no reason really that he should be doing the things that he does, but he, he had what a hundred and, 10 yards or something like that. Um, you know what a, you know what a physical attribute of a number one receiver is? Catching just, the ball from the, the quarterback. That's a, that's good, a good, that, that, I would love that one. Uh, and something I, about Baker, man, Baker, listen, we have been ready to write him off. And I, I, and I, we, I have the text writing him off yes. saying, like, at this point, and I said it to multiple people, at this point, Baker is holding us back from being, from our, our best start in, you know, since we were in middle school. Earlier. And okay. <laughs> yes, in the womb, actually. Okay. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> but I, it's hard, man. I don't like. I don't know how we're supposed to deal with this shit. And I kind of feel bad for the people who have to write about this team every week or talk about them like we do, but in a professional sense, mm-hmm. because you you can only look at what's happening there. And if you didn't think that Baker, like, I was like, okay, okay, we could get who's our Ryan Tannehill that we can get next year? Who's gonna like push Baker? Yeah, and. Um, like Case Keenum, I think, is the answer there. But he's I guess Case Keenum um, is our Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. But it's uh, he looked incredible. Didn't get sacked once, by the way. So having no pressure helps. But there, he's, there's just something about when we've seen him in the zone now enough in his rookie year. And, like, this was probably the best Baker we've ever seen. Yep. And he does have that kind of, like, I'm in a zone confidence where he's just – viewing the field and playing so much more confidently and suddenly his pocket uh, presence is better there was there was a throw i think with like eight minutes left in the fourth quarter where he climbed the pocket 
well, as it was kind of collapsing behind him in a way that I, I don't think I've seen him do in like 20 games or something like that. And just climbed it through, obviously, a, a pass to Richard Higgins, one of those like back shoulder ones that he was throwing all day. Um, and yeah, he just he just suddenly looked comfortable. Part of that's lack of pass rush, but I think part of it is, you know, maybe we've been talking about Baker fitting into Stefanski's offense and figuring that out. I wonder if a little bit of it is kind of, did Stefanski figure out a little bit about Baker and what works for Baker rather than the other way around? Maybe they're kind of meeting in the middle, Benjamin he Button wasn't, style. I mean, I, you can't quote me on this because we don't uh, we don't have stats on this podcast, but he was in the shotgun. It seems like a little bit more this game that he'd been in previous games. Yeah, which like at some point, you know, we don't need to force him to be under center. If that's if that's how he plays better, like let him develop an under center game over the next few years, sure, but we don't need to just make it happen right now. And maybe I, I don't especially know. Especially when but, especially when Chris Hubbard is your your guard right now and half of Kareem and Kareem Hunt on one leg is your running yeah. back. I know suddenly we're incredibly banged up, which was even better just to see our offense hum like this. Um, did we punt? Did we punt once? I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. We, we punted. Punt. We got like two penalties on the punt. <laughs> we, almost, we almost made Jamie Gillum punt. Javier Thomas almost made, almost made Jamie Gillum punt three times in a row. <laughs> yeah. I thought his leg with, was with like a strained groin. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but our, so now our top receiver, top running back, our, our best playing offensive lineman to this point and our top tight end are all out right now. And we still pulled that out. So like, I don't know what else you want. Obviously, I, maybe you just wish that, I don't know if anyone has a problem with this loss actually. So I'm not going to argue against people that don't exist. Um, I, I, it's sad. It's sad because like, he's really good. He's mm-hmm. really fucking good. But I do think there is like this thing about being a team now that wins games like we've won five fucking games man yeah. that's more right. games than we won in all of the Hugh Jackson era <laughs> yeah by like uh, over 50 percent. by two <laughs> yeah by 66 percent um yeah but and like, we're winning them in different ways which is cool at first it seemed like we just needed to get out early with a lead and then run the ball and that's kind of gone away because of the injuries but we're you know, I still don't finding think ways we to as- win things I don't thing, think as a think. fan base, we know how to handle winning. Agreed. I don't think anyone knows. Like you listen, I listen to someone like the post game show or, mm-hmm. you know, people calling in or comments online about what's troubling. Like we won yes. period. Yes. You fucking win. Then you win. That's the whole point of the game. Like, yes. Yeah. Are we going to talk about how like I am personally going to fly to Cleveland to drive Andrew Sandejo anywhere else he wants to go? Sure. I'm going to send you, because I, I actually just took a clip. I was watching the highlights because I, I I don't know how to spend my time well. But I was watching highlights. Andrew <laughs> Not Sandejo with your child. <laughs> on the, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, on the, the Bengals' final touchdown there where they went up with a minute and six seconds left. Andrew Sandejo was so out of position. He over-pursued, I think, I don't know who caught that touchdown. But the guy went Bernard. in motion. G- Giovanni yeah. Bernard. Yeah. G- Gio Bernard. Bernard came in motion and then basically doubled back. And Andrew Sandejo did like a Fred Flintstone trying to stop his momentum sort of thing. Um, I'll send it to you if you want to tweet it. I don't have Twitter. So if you want to tweet it, people, you can go to Moses' Twitter maybe at Danger Moses and uh, and see this play. And he's just, he's so bad. And we can get to the defense in a little bit because it's all bad. But I mean, he's just like, he's like a full one to two seconds behind on on everything. I think that's the most frustrating part about him personally is – we're winning. Everything's going well. Like, even if you're playing Carl, so a combination of Carl Joseph 
uh, Redwine and Harrison back there. Like, I understand that they're out of position, and, like, I understand that I know nothing about football, Jon Snow, but at the same time, it really can't be worse. You can't – like, giving up 32 points a game is – and, like, so much of it goes back to him. It does feel, again, like a Rashad Higgins thing where it's, like, how many times are we going to have to watch this coaching staff try to figure this out over and over and over again? Right. Um, It seems relatively obvious. And there's probably an aspect at this point where like Sendejo has made so many notable poor plays that now we're noticing it. He's like under uh, a microscope more than ever now. So like everyone, there's a lot of blame to go around. I'm sure on the 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 defensive uh, back seven, but he does just, he's like, always a guy and it's like he's playing on it on a tape delay like he's like it's just he's not seeing the ball (laughs) until a second later than everybody else is he is on like a that's right he's on like a seven second delay where it's like he's watching the game like when i'm watching it on streaming and you're watching it on cable exactly and there's there's you're right there's just got to be some i don't know okay this is i don't know the difference between a free safety and a strong safety and i won't pretend to but like can't one of i don't even know which one he plays i think he plays free safety He's playing free because the strong is usually down in the box more. Okay. Yeah. So I just, I have trouble believing that you can just have between Joseph Redwine and Ronnie Harrison, those three guys playing strong and free safety. Or blank. Just or blank. Yeah. Or practice squad or, you know, I don't understand what Demarius Randall did to everybody on every team he's ever been to. Yeah. To like, to like make him like so toxic, but... It just like the middle of the field with the linebackers too is just brutal because yes, Terrence Mitchell brutal drop could have ended this yeah. game and and, and a rough a, a rough game for a guy who's been genuinely playing pretty well and right like, and is supposed to be a backup has been a starter this whole time and he it's he just dropped it whatever and, dropped it. and shout out to Spiroditas by the way and uh, the the CBS crew who basically were like. Miles Garrett is the only person doing anything on this defense and then said Denzel Ward's name 15 times who had yeah. a fantastic game. Yeah, it's he's like, playing incredibly. Yeah, the our defense is, is our is our two first round picks. Yeah. And it's Delpit it's, would be back there. It's sad. It's sad because Delpit would be back there greedy maybe, maybe ma- at least a little more depth, yeah. Greedy has some kind of like Markel Fultz like shoulder injury oh, where like he can't on, shoot yeah. free throws properly. I'm not sure. Yeah, like, Greedy, Greedy's missing all his free throws in practice. So they put him on the IR. Yeah, missing all of his free throws. They're trying to find him a sports psychologist. Uh, it's uh, yes, the and, defense is a mess. But again, like again, another fucking game. Another game where Miles Garrett had two sacks and yep. a forced Strip fumble. Sack. Yep. Mm-hmm. Incredible. What, like. Be grateful, folks. Be grateful. This is – he's right now probably the defensive player of the year on the worst defense, which I think is more a reflection on how many points we would be giving up if we didn't have Miles Garrett. Yeah, God forbid anything happens. If anything happens to Miles Garrett, we can just stop watching because, I mean, it was, it was troubling that the Bengals had like three injuries in this game when they already had some to go in on, on offensive line. Like they – they were down to their third stringer at, at I think center or maybe whatever on the yeah they lost line. they lost three linemen during the game and we still weren't getting good <laughs> penetration at all and I Ogan Joby's kind of been hurt and Richardson's been hurt so maybe they just need to like kind of get right but it was I was it was weird that um, 
we had a backup center in there and kind of couldn't get anything up the middle with those two guys who have generally been great. So all around on the defense is not good. But again, to your point, we fucking won. We've had, how many games have we had where it's like, oh, the defense kept a minute, but we just couldn't pull it out. It's like, well, guess what? We pulled it out. It doesn't matter. All right, folks, going to take a quick second to tell you about Bet Online. Football is back and in full swing, baby. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of a great sign up bonus. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. I've done it. It's super fun. I've uh, won a couple props on our rushing attack earlier this year. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. This episode of The Rebuild is also brought to you by Indeed. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, and you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners of The Rebuild a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates you will see fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer anywhere, anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. Back to the show. We keep winning on crucial situations, and Joe Burrow's good. Joe Burrow's really fucking really good. Really good. He looks incredible. And it's going to be an issue. It sucks. <laughs> there was definitely – it sucks, but I'll tell you what. It definitely feels a lot better when Baker looks like that, especially it, – it yeah. just – it it dampens the, the blow a little bit. Yeah, all those narratives Baker. that would have been if, if Burrow is just totally out-dueling Baker. And like, you know, former number one picks, former Heisman winners. This one came out on top, and this time Baker just – I can't believe how bad he looked in the first quarter and then how, how magnificent he was for the rest of it. It's really incredible, and I think, okay, also, he is playing with a cracked rib. Yes. Which I imagine, um, I'm not a doctor, so you tell me, but sounds like it hurts. Um, I, yes, I think that's that's what the textbook says, that it, it hurts quite a bit. And <laughs> something you probably shouldn't do is is throw, because it uses quite a bit of the, the rib cage to throw a football. But, yeah, he's, he's uh, hopefully... No one pops his lung like they did Tyrod Taylor because I imagine he's oh getting some of those same injections. Known complication, is, by the way. That you know, that's just something that can happen when you do that. So it is. Uh, it just makes everything feel better when, like, because 
because also when Josh Allen didn't look great, that was kind of nice because he'd been <laughs> playing at like an MVP caliber. Mm-hmm. But you know, if Stefanski's going to say we have faith in this guy, and it's their first time together still in a brand new fucking offense, his fourth coach in three years, it is impossible for anyone. It's impossible for the Mary Kays or the Zach Jacksons to to show patience because you have to live the life that you've been living, and right. you have no choice but to factor in twenty years of total fuckery. And it's and impossible to detract. It's a, impossible as a fan to pull ourselves away from this sadness and look objectively at anything. It's. I think it's difficult for coaches a lot of the time too, and that's where Stefanski's like level-headedness just becomes such an asset because I think we've had plenty of coaches in the last two decades who probably would have pulled him after that first quarter and then just created this debacle of uh, like I would have pulled him if I was coaching. Like, I'm not quite a football <laughs> coach. Um, not yet. But not yet. Once I figure out the strong safety, free safety thing, I think I'm <laughs> on my way. But yeah, I mean, Stefanski just like seeing it through and and not getting too jumpy is is so valuable. And Stefanski's amazing. We're we're fucking five and two, and our two losses are to the Steelers and the Ravens. Like, there's no, I mean, they weren't good games, but there's no shame in losing to those teams. No shame in lo- losing to those teams at all. And frankly. The Steelers and the Ravens are probably two of the top five teams in the NFL. Yeah, easily. If not, probably top four. Yeah. You've got, like, I, I understand, like, Seahawks offense. Seahawks are very similar to us, actually, in the fact that their offense uh, yeah. is unstoppable and their defense can't stop anyone. Yeah. Right. Uh, the Chiefs are the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. And, 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 like, really, after – after the Seahawks, like who else in the NFC do you give a shit about? I guess the Bucks, but the the jury's kind of still out there. I mean, they lost to the Bears like two or three weeks ago, and the Bears. They, I know they're five and one, but they're not actually five and one. Um, <laughs> is there has there ever been a more disrespected five and one nationally than the Chicago it's, Bears? It's pretty funny. Even people here, like no one's convinced, as far as I can tell, and I don't. I don't really blame them. Um, but whatever, you know, you're. It goes back to like you are what your record says you are, and. Um, we've had plenty of teams where we felt like they should be winning games that they're not. Um, and that's, that's been it. our reality forever. And now we're winning games. So like, that's the only key is we usually are like, we should have won. Yeah. And this time we're like, Hey, we won. And that's it. That's the yeah. whole point of everything we're fucking doing. We don't need to take this weird step of we should have won better. Like we keep <laughs> doing that. And I, I guess I get it on some level because you I think with Baker, it's a little weird because he looked so—he looked like he was going to be the best quarterback in the NFL after his rookie season, and a lot of that was media hype. But he did break Peyton Manning's rookie touchdown record. Like it seemed like he was going to be great and transcendent. Now it—it's looking like maybe the ceiling is more just just good. So I—I I get that when we look back at after every week, we're like, ah, but we just want Baker to basically be flawless. Um, and actually, in this game, he kind of was after the first quarter. He, so. he was. Actually flawless. After incredible. he played three quarters of flawless football, they scored again. We scored thirty points in like all, all of our games. No, well, besides all of, all of our wins, all of our sure. wins. Yeah. Five of our five of our seven games, we scored thirty points. And like, can I just say something? Can I just say Donovan Peoples Jones is yeah. such a fucking steal. I, I, I listen. I, I I'm a Michigan fan. Yeah, ha ha ha! Joke is on me. You can think that's dumb, and you're right. It's super sad. So you're a Browns fan, oh. folks. So yes, yeah. Listen, it I, it's fine. 
Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm, I'm I grew up in Cleveland. I, I yeah. you, you can't say anything worse to me than like than everyone's already said to me in our friend group growing up. Exactly. So I've been through the ringer. Um, in fact, Gates, you and I went to a game in Ohio in, at the Horseshoe where yes. I wore a Michigan T-shirt when we were like 16 years old in the student and section. Said, in the stu- my dad put us in the student section. Not a fun experience at all. <laughs> Lucky to be alive. Oh man! Very blessed. Oh man, that was that. Honestly, nothing prepared me more for stand-up comedy. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but but Donovan Peoples Jones is the number one ranked receiver coming out of high school, and Jim Harbaugh and the quarterbacks at Michigan did him absolutely no favors. He was arguably as talented, if not more than Braylon Edwards just had no one who could figure out how to throw them the ball and an offense that was schemed like a third grader. So he is, I mean, the sky is the limit for this dude in terms of what, like, this is not, he is massive. He's got great hands. That was the best catch. I've ever, it was like one of the best catches I've ever fucking seen. That was a great catch to get it. Both, both catches he had was incredible. Yeah. You, to, to Jarvis was insane. Yeah. Wow. Jarvis, Jarvis can really throw a man. It's in, like he was like getting hit as he threw and like threw it over a linebacker perfectly to the sideline. It's it's pretty amazing. He's um, Jarvis is the man. Shout out to Jarvis. You're just like he's so cool and uh, and I, I do think he just kind of makes the team go. I hope he can stay healthy. I think he was. I mean, it seems like he doesn't stay healthy, and it doesn't really matter. No, that's true. It's true. He's um, yeah. He's so so. Okay, so we've got the Raiders coming up. I don't know what to make of the Raiders. I think all I really know about them is that they beat Kansas City at Kansas City, so I, I'm afraid of them. But um, we're favored by three, so I think they just know something that I don't. I guess it's basically a pick 'em because we're at home. So yeah, they took a lick from the uh, the Rays. They took it from the Bucks. Um, um, actually, the, the 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 Renfro on the Raiders is the brother of Hunter Renfro on the Rays. Um, I Hunter Renfro is on, on whatever. On the Rays. And then the other Renfro. Uh, uh, other Renfro is like their slot guy. Okay. He came from Clemson. Yeah. Um, See? We know sports. We know sports, baby. I, okay. I'm – yes. I think we are – Raiders are 3-3. Three and three. We're banged up. And our – listen, Henry Ruggs might catch four touchdowns for 600 yards. Yep. But that's still only 28 points, and we know that if, our, if we're going to be successful we're, and we're going to win a game, we're going to score 30 points. It's yeah. crazy to watch the Browns and just say, even after a first quarter, being like, okay, how are we going to get to 30 points here? Yeah. And then they do, and you're like, well, fuck me. This is crazy. It's, it's um, really just so much more fun to watch um, just from an entertainment value versus, I mean, I, that, that pretty much goes without saying. Not even worth saying. What is worth saying is that – if we can beat the Raiders, which I guess we're favored to do, so it's not impossible, we'll be 6-2, and two, heading into a bye, which, I mean, could not come at a more perfect time, just given our injuries and everything. Hopefully we can get Chubb back after that. Hopefully we can get uh, almost Teller. Miles, Miles Teller again. Wyatt Teller, or Miles Teller, <laughs> playing. Maybe we really can get Miles character. Teller to, like... To like get really into character and just as like a as like a free a free safety. Yeah, that would, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah, Teller. I think I think that's an underrated loss. I think Hubbard's been admirable in in replacing him, but he doesn't. Uh, I think it, it, Hubbard's kind of holding down the fort and doesn't give you that value add that that Teller was just as like a, a road grader. Um, 
But yeah, if we were six and two going into this coming up against Houston, Philly, and Jacksonville, like we should be nine and two <laughs> if, <laughs> if that happens, or or eight and three at worst. Um, I mean, I, I would even be. Would we be upset if we're seven and four heading well, into it, December? It would mean that we took some ugly losses, so I think the the narrative wouldn't be very great. But I mean, would you sign up for that? early you know in in preseason yeah a hundred percent you would um and it's it's largely just going to be about how we finish but the the chat we've three real challenges left on the schedule tennessee baltimore and pittsburgh um but two of those are at home against teams we've already played it's not impossible to imagine that we can at least be competitive in those so i don't think the other teams are really bad the jets and giants on the schedule late is two of our last three games are jets and giants it's amazing it's really, uh, yeah, it's really, like, we should make the playoffs. And and this is a, this this game is basically like a, a Colts game, where if we win this game mm-hmm. and we send the Raiders to a 3-4 and four record and we go to 6-2, and two, that basically locks us in for one of the wildcard spots. Fantastic. Yeah, in terms of the AFC horse race, like, that would just be massive because neither of those teams could really, I mean, we'd have the tiebreaker to be... Yeah. Another note in the AFC, the Patriots fucking suck. And it's been <laughs> such a joy to listen to the likes of Bill Simmons or just texting my, you know, I went to, I went to Boston college. So all my friends are from new England and just for years, they just, you know, you talk about how like, we don't know how to win. They just, they truly do not how to lose, don't know how to lose. And I don't, I don't blame them. They've never really experienced it. So to have bad quarterback play, like, Everyone's like, what, what's wrong with Cam Newton? It's like, this is what you get when your quarterback isn't one of the, the greatest quarterback of all time. Like, you just get some really <laughs> shitty games and sometimes weeks in a row and you fucking lose. You get stomped and embarrassed. And it's, um, especially as we kind of come around the other way, like we've been polar opposites for so long. I just love watching, not even the Patriots lose, but watch people have to process it. And we're going to just start to get like so much more talk about, hey, we had the greatest dynasty in history, and all that is true, but it doesn't fucking matter anymore. You know who had a great dynasty? The Cleveland Browns in the 1950s. It doesn't do us much good. <laughs> I am with you that watching Patriots fans understand that you can lose is going to be one of the most satisfying things to come out of 2020. Yeah. And, like, it they is... might be – I mean, they might be in some trouble for a while. Like, they're – we'll see. They're probably going to beat us I, in the playoffs. So. I also want to say shout-out to Tom Brady for – Dude, he threw a touchdown yesterday. I don't know if you – he threw a touchdown yesterday, which I recommend you looking up to. I think, like, the little white dude Miller on their team. Yeah. And it was, like, a 60-yard bomb to the back of the end zone. And I just feel like Brady has won the Belichick-Brady who's going to kind of pull this out already. Like, do it. Jesus, Julie. <laughs> My God. So sorry about that, folks. I'm recording in my bathroom because there's construction going on outside. (laughs) My wife should know that, but she just came into the bathroom. I'm not using the bathroom. I'm just in the bathroom. No, you've been pooping this whole time. Let's be real. I I really scared her. Wow. (laughs) Sorry, Jules. And so I'm in a bathroom. You're not wearing a shirt on this Zoom call, which is our brand of podcasting. That's how we roll, baby. And I mean... It's, like it's Tom unacceptably Brady, early for me on day mor- Monday morning. You take good care of that body, Brady style. You're gonna be, <laughs> you're gonna be doing that, well in your forties as well. And I kiss my twelve year old son directly on the mouth, baby. That's my vibe. <laughs> um, all right, Gates. Well, sorry. 
No, apology not accepted because yeah. it's not necessary. This okay. is what you get on this show. Um, I think uh, I think we got a shot against the Raiders. I think I wouldn't be surprised if we lose. But again, this is the cool thing that I think is the biggest thing to take away from this season so far with this coaching staff is, and even fuck it, with Baker too, who just had the best game we could have ever hoped for, mm-hmm. is we're, we'll be in the game. Yeah. We'll be in the game. And... Oh, one thing we didn't talk about. Shout out to the fact that Harrison Bryant is fucking sweet. He's dynamite, dude. He, I love watching him. I knew he was. We knew he was going to be. That's on. That's us. I dropped him in my fantasy league, but everyone made fun of me when I drafted him, and I was like, "No, nah, he's gonna pop." And I just didn't know it was gonna take an appendectomy to make that happen. But, yeah. um, and again, even with Njoku, it's like. So annoying that he has Drew Rosenhaus out there saying he's demanding to get traded, and the Browns are just like, fuck you. We're not going to trade you. Like, especially with Beckham going down. Like, we're going to be running two to three tight ends out there every fucking play. Right. So Joku did make – he made the best catch we've seen him make. Incredible catch. You're right. Shout out to Joku as well. Incredible catch. Better catch than ball, but both were fantastic. Yeah. And Joku, two touchdowns, right? No, Bryant had two touchdowns, and Joku just – Bryant had two, and Joku – um, three tight end touchdowns donovan peoples jones kareem hunt man we like it, uh we're gonna be in the game you know what yeah. whatever happens on sunday i think it's fair to say we, we will be disappointed only if they're not in the game and that is an, a massive improvement compared to where we have been over the last two or three years yeah less well, quite a long time um <laughs> and by that i mean 20 yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it's pretty nice to see um Hopefully we can just – I think if Baker can get into more of a groove and, like, continue some of this momentum, we as a fan base can start enjoying it a little bit more and stop being quite so antsy about all of it because we've all sort of experienced that. Um, but we we look fucking good, and we're going to get some players back here um, that are going to make a big difference in the next couple of weeks. So, like, it, it's going to be think... a hell of a back half of the season. It's going to be a hell of a back half of the season. Can't wait for Chubb to get healthy. Hopefully we see him in three weeks after the bye. Houston looks sad. Houston is like just the saddest team right now because they just signed Deshaun Watson, but like what are they going to do with him? They don't have any money. They don't have a GM or a coach. Romeo Cornell is their head coach. Like, um, I you know, it's uh, looking good. It's looking good. I mean, this – as we've said before, the schedule is favorable, but we've we've this is the first time that's ever happened to us that we've had a, a schedule that's nice to us. So I'm not going to apologize for that um, at all. Yeah, so stop asking NFL. Yeah, we will not apologize. Gates, uh, where, where where can people find you? Uh, just still at the in hospital, your bathroom, working there, working there in my bathroom, <laughs> scaring my wife. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm just going to hang out here. It's nice in here. It's high ceilings. You can probably hear the echo, but nice little apartment here in Chicago. Nice. Uh, where can um, people find you? What are you doing? Um, you can find me uh, on the Twitter streets at Danger Moses. You can also uh, check out BlueWirePods.com for everything. Zerm is on here on Fridays usually. And uh, yeah, that's it, man. This was- that's it. Five and we, two. Had a, we had an awesome football game and we won. We're five and two. Hell right. yeah. And we didn't even have to do this after the Steelers game. We didn't even have to talk about it. Won't because fuck it. Nope. Yeah. Sixteen little seasons every year, baby. That's right. <laughs>
Good. Good stuff, man. Go Browns. Go Browns. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.